0: You're listening to the Angry Dad Gamer Podcast, both sides of the table, featuring players and makers of tabletop games. Here's your host, Victor Agretta. Hey everyone, I'm here with Joel Davis. Uh, Hey Joel. Howdy. Um, First of all, I want anyone to know who happens to be listening, if you hear explosions in the background, it's because my neighbors are setting off fireworks. We recorded this on the 4th of July, and I have some... uh, some crazy neighbors, so they, they may be doing weird shit in the back. Don't worry about that. I know Joel from actually, we met on Flickr
1: yes, years indeed. ago.
0: So we met on Flickr and then, you know, MySpace, I'm pretty sure, and then Facebook. <laughs> yes. Uh, We've hung out a few times, and I know you were uh, on the Angry Dad Gamer live stream at one point. Um, you had your son at one point, and then you were there for the Breath of the Wild that we did on the switch at modern studio yes right yeah yes and uh, which by the way i've gotten completely sucked into Breath <laughs> of the wild it's ridiculous um, right. but we are talking about this podcast happens to be about board games and tabletop games the general category so we're going to ask five questions and then we're going to get into some D related stuff because the the yeah, D thing is uh yeah it's a phenomenon and you've been playing longer than most people that i know so we're going to talk about that Um, first of all what tabletop games do you remember growing up like what did you play when you
1: were a kid well there was monopoly
0: oh yes see everybody says monopoly
1: everybody says monopoly (laughs) Um, operation Mm -hmm. mm-hmm you know actually my childhood thinking back seems to be this vast board game desert oh dear yes but I do remember monopoly I don't think we ever actually played it according to the rules though
0: (laughs) Uh, That's okay. The rules suck. Um, I'm just going to say that I'm I'm forever going to hate Monopoly for a number of reasons, which I won't go into now. But um, (laughs) also have, uh, well, it sounds like you've played, we we talked about this. Normally I would ask people, have you always played games? Or you just said you've had this sort of desert, but you've also played
1: D&D how many years? I have played D&D about 34 years, I believe.
0: Okay. So that goes back a ways. And uh, and you weren't put into like the the church you know lockbox or whatever you weren't thrown to the religious jail because it was the work of Satan or anything that your parents were they like this is devil's work
1: well no my parents were didn't but you know I had some other family members and then there was these things that would show up in our mailbox narratives about people going to hell and oh, yeah. you know the tortures to your soul and moral degradation and things like that yeah. and so that part wasn't cool <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Wow! moral panics, gotta love them. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've moved on in the world,
0: luckily, uh, but <laughs> yes. it was a weird time at that time. Um, okay, so, it, because there's kind of a board game, there's a renaissance happening now, and we, we talked to Robert Schwab a few uh, weeks ago, and he actually worked on the 5th edition D&D, so we'll get into some of that, because I think that's part of this renaissance, is like, streamlining rules and exploring different ways to play and whatnot. Because there's also been sort of spin-off D&D stuff. I have some, one of the like board game D&D things. It's not very good. right? Um, okay.
1: What games have you played recently that you liked and why? Recently? Well, I have played a game called Space Alert. And I found Space Alert because of a Facebook meme. And yeah, there one goes. That was pretty cool. America! um But Space Alert, there was this meme that had like a a Venn diagram of games and it had it divided up into several categories and one of the categories was destroys friendships. (laughs) And so Space Alert was in the extreme corner of that. Gotcha. And what it is basically, you set up a, a board that represents a spaceship and you have your little figures, and you you put various things on it, and there's like engineering, there's weapons, mm-hmm. there's shields, and you divide it up into there's a captain, there's a communications officer, and all these things. The twist is they have a pre-recorded soundtrack with, with several options. So they put that in, and it's exactly 10 minutes long. So what happens, they hit play, and then the computer starts telling you things that are happening because You're disposable, so your ship is on this predetermined survey mission, and you pop out of hyperspace, and then things start happening. Okay. But, here's the other twist. What you do is you create your actions. As these things happen, you pull out cards that give the threats, so there's a random element to it and you have to decide who's going to go where. You have crew members. Gotcha. You have to go over here to fire the guns, but that of course draws energy from the reactor. Somebody will eventually have to go down below deck and recharge the reactor, and somebody will have to hit the shields. And the moment that the thing starts talking, this sense of panic ensues. Yeah, yeah. And so four people are going, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. But you don't get to move anything on the board. You just lay out your series of cards oh, man. to log what you're going to do. Yeah. And generally, in my experience, what happens is you forget very important steps at the very start of it. <laughs> and everybody's proud because I'm like, I have all these cards, it's like, I'm gonna fire five times in a row and we'll just blow those bastards up. But nobody went downstairs. So you get one shot off, and then you spend the rest of the time hitting the button going click, 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 click as, you know, your ships destroyed around. You. Yeah. Like that. Somebody. Exactly. That's, that's right.
0: Thank you for the. Somebody's got some big fireworks this year. <laughs> yes. Um, or they're blowing up cars in the run right? I'm my sure. Yeah. The invasion. Oh, this may be the Civil War that they're talking about. Um, <laughs> well. That's interesting. So that's like a hybrid, like board game with a with a like I assume like a mobile app component or something like that.
1: Right. Well, it has a has a CD that you can play. Uh, I believe there's some mobile app you can get for it. Once you've exhausted all the missions. Okay. Haven't done that yet.
0: But that's that's awesome. I love that stuff. Uh, Mansions of Madness, which I have over here, is that same mechan- like that same uh, kind of thing. We haven't played it yet, but right. I'm dying to because apparently. It used to take like an hour and a half to set the damn thing up. If you made one small mistake, you'd screw up the entire game. <laughs> and it's a cooperative game, so it makes total sense that you would have an app that would, you know, and now right. apparently the app sets everything up for you so you don't have to dick around with any of that. Oh, cool. Plus it adds some ambiance and whatnot. So right. that, that is really cool. All right. was the name of that again?
1: Space Alert. Space
0: Alert. I, I want to say that that was actually a mobile game originally, but I'll have to look that up. Um... So is there anything that you've played, you know, maybe ever, we can put, put it together, ever because some people play a lot of games, some people, you know, play a few. But is there anything, a game that you would tell people do not play this game?
1: Um, hmm. I would never tell anybody not to play any game because individual responses may vary. Um,
0: is there a game that in particular that stands out in your mind where you're like, I played this and I was like, eh, this is not my thing
1: operation gets on one's nerves. Yes, Yes. Yeah.
0: especially when you have young children and they're just like, they really wanna hear the buzzer <laughs> way more than you do. Yeah, I can, right. feel, I
1: can feel you on that.
0: So I was gonna, uh, let's get into D&D stuff. Um, what is your process,
1: first of all, in putting together a D&D campaign? Well, um, as a DM, I tend to improvise, but I, I try to prepare, I try to, I, I give thought to the, to the world, to the adventure. Options for the players. I like to set up a hook for each player if I can. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they take it, that's up to them. Uh, Because, of course, I've had situations where I've had extensive notes (laughs) that I had to basically tear up. Uh Because one player just would not take the nice, juicy plot hook that I gave her. And it was going to be cool. Yeah. But, no, she didn't. (laughs) So, but, you know, I've... uh, been recently, I've had this sort of fascinating process because I decided to upload, you know, my 120,000 photos to Google okay. to protect them. And so I've been going through external hard drives and I found notes and emails and maps from a campaign I was running 16 years ago, wow. right before the birth of my son. And so I've been like, you know... Most of these people are still around. Yeah. I can redo it, but I'm also kind of integrating the campaign I've been running for the past few years mm-hmm. into it because it's, you know, you, you don't start off with this, at least I don't, with this fully realized world. You have some ideas and yep. you implement them, and then there's plenty of room to, to bring in these other elements. So I've been enjoying updating these maps from 16 years ago and starting to fill them in and um, I'm plotting that adventure right now. I am on a, mostly on a hiatus from DMing for a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, another friend has agreed to start swapping. We're gonna start splitting the year up, that way yeah. everybody gets a chance to play, but I am, I am really plotting the next, the course for the next adventure. What has changed in the years
0: that you, I mean, what stands out to you in particular that's changed about D&D in the thirty some years that you've been playing?
1: Well, I mean, there's always the rules. Mm -hmm. I still can't get my head around the fact that the higher an armor class is, the better. (laughs) Because when (laughs) I started, you know, the uh, armor class was, the lower it was, was better. So that's just a little thing that I'm like, oh, okay. Um, It's not natural, but I can accept that. (laughs) Um, You know... In 2018, what, well, I mean, there's nothing ever new under the sun. The Mm -hmm. behaviors that people exhibit are the same as they exhibited 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. 40 years ago, you have people who, min-max, who find the right combination of roles to to do whatever they want to do. You have the role players, you have the people who just want to have fun, you have the people who probably need to find another hobby because they're poorly socialized and, <laughs> and are playing the game for the wrong reasons. So they're the same kind of people. Now what I have noticed is, and it's a good thing, the, what's happened, there's just this level of organization mm-hmm. I hadn't seen before. You have the Adventurers, Le- Adventurers League, you have all these organized groups now, And I'm from an era where it was a freak show. (laughs) Yeah, And that's kind of hard to get my brain around. And so I've dipped my toe into organized play, but I don't have time for it, really. Right, yeah. You know, uh, so it's much easier just to to get a few people together every month or two months and and play.
0: That's what's, you know, and I, I find that kind of interesting, too, because now we're more connected than ever and so i wonder if that plays a part into breaking that stuff down because even though you still have cliques in high school you know you're always going to have like you said it's like people still behave in certain ways and there's tribes and all this kind of thing as well so that always happens but um this stuff has gone mainstream you know, what what was something that, like you said, was a niche. And you you grew up in the country, right? Yes. So, you know, it was probably even more of a niche there. And I mean, I kind of grew up in the country. I was lucky in the fact that there was a a chemical company that hired a bunch of PhDs and master's level people that moved there. So I probably had a higher nerd quotient at my (laughs) high school than most East Tennessee high schools, right? Especially in a town that size. But even there... It was a niche thing, you know. It was there were not that many of us that were playing, right? Um, and I find it interesting that you're not the only person who's around my age that has said, you know, it's hard to get together because we now have responsibilities. We have, you know, a mortgage to pay, and we have kids of our own, and this kind of stuff. But there's a whole group behind us that is getting together and meeting and playing this stuff that we would have never thought. You know, and I think a good example would be there are actors and actresses that, you know, like famous ones that get together and
1: love to play D&D. And I think that's cool.
0: Yeah, and I mean, oh no, I, I think, and all of this, I mean, look at Comic Con, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, nerd cons, conventions like that used to be this very fringe kind of thing. right? And now they're beyond mainstream. I mean, it's just part of popular culture now, you know? Right. And, and so all of this stuff seems to, I'm not really, I don't really have a point. I'm just saying that like, I think it's awesome that people have carried on. Now you're talking about the rules. It do you feel like they've been
1: streamlined? Um, to a certain extent. And then there's the tendency to do people actually bother yeah. with the rules a lot. I have uh, <laughs> what I have noticed, and it may just be the the people around me these days is people are a lot less concerned about the letter of the rules. Yeah. Which I think that's a good thing. I like to have rules. I don't like them to get in the way of the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's. There's a kind of line between a game, which this still is a game, mm-hmm. and let's pretend. Yeah. Because I always hated let's pretend when you were a kid because there was no resolution yeah. involved. Yeah. Because, you know, you could. Somebody could one up you. Right. Just because they could. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know that uh, you know just looking at things in a general sense the dungeon crawls don't seem to be the thing mm-hmm. yeah. now and you know I haven't played enough with a broad enough bunch of people to get their preferences now but when I play generally the people that end up in my orbit they just want to have fun, mm-hmm. and generally, that's what my games are. They turn into they vary between slapstick and horror, kind of oscillating between those two yeah. two poles. So, um, yeah, you know, I'm glad that the game seems to be more accessible to people. Same time, there's a certain gentrification right, yeah, going on, absolutely. And you know, that's just, that's the nature of things. And you know, my little geek heart, perhaps, (laughs) sometimes my hackles get raised a little bit by the infringement, by a broader social consensus than what I'm used to. And so I'll play by the rules, the the meta game right but yeah. you know you're not one of those people
0: that's going to grind everything to a halt to look up a table and be like right.
1: ah no you
0: slipped on that rock and then you know right but yeah no I, and i get that i think that's really good advice if there's anything that people could glean from this uh episode is that being super pedantic can can absolutely be a total crimp in in the fun you know right I mean, and and that's true even just of simpler board games because A couple of times, my kids and I have played a board game, and, you know, we just got this. And so we're going through the directions, and my son's really good about reading from the beginning to the end. My daughter and I are both jumping around, which is not a good way to do it, I realize. Like, a lot of people. (laughs) That's a thing. ADD. And, but even so, we'll go through, and we'll miss something. And halfway through the game, we'll be like, oh, wait, I think we're supposed to, and then we look it up, we're like, shit. Like, this is supposed to happen first, or whatever. But... You know what? Then we start doing it, and it's no big deal. It's not like we turn the table over and start all <laughs> right. over from scratch or anything. So you're supposed to have fun. That's what games are about.
1: Right. And what people playing D&D now really keep need to keep in mind, there are people who've been playing this since 1970-something. Yeah. yeah. And some of those people are still in the community. Yep. So look, the d experience is going to be a lot like religion now <laughs> because there are many many scriptures many many translations many many authorized volumes and they're all in play yeah so that's true
0: yeah Yeah. choose your poison um is there any advice that you would give to people who are looking to get into dungeons and dragons
1: well their first taste give it a try don't be afraid to be silly um if you are a budding actor, well, hell, go for it. Because it is role-playing. It is role-playing. Yeah. Um, play nice in both senses of that, because not only do you want to, how did I put this? Everybody wants to be in a safe, welcoming environment, and I understand that. But you also have to understand that other people who might have been playing this for some time are people too. And everybody has to reach a consensus of, of how to get along even mm-hmm. if your, your social mores don't line up or your levels of socialization. Yeah. So just because somebody's poorly socialized doesn't necessarily make them creepy course they might be creepy so just be careful out there and have fun yeah all right well joel thanks so much man thank you sir I enjoyed it
0: that does it for this episode of the angry dad gamer podcast both sides of the table i want to thank joel davis for joining me i want to thank caitlin corbett for doing our intro i want to thank drew takuda also found at digital drew.com that's d-r-o-o you can find all of my stuff at angrydadgamer.com And also, I want to say a special plug to Kitten Stuff Done. That's kittenstuffdone.com. It's going to be launching in September 2018. So if you're hearing this after then, you can still buy the cards. But we are going to be launching in September 2018. It's a great little way to stay productive and have a little bit of fun. And also kittens. Thanks for listening. See you next time.